is the 50th episode of the Vibe Union podcast. You are hanging out with Dilly Dave, uh, who's been hosting this podcast for a little bit. And we've got a, a wonderful, so, I guess some would say special, but not special needs guest. Um, to me, the B, uh, Wordsmith, somebody who has been chiseling in the scene for quite some time. Oh. To me, thank you for, for joining us on the 50th episode of the Vibe Union podcast. Uh, I wanted to keep that as a bit of a secret surprise for you, the fact that this is the 50th. How do you feel about being on the 50th episode of this podcast? I feel amazing. Um, it's, just, it's special to be on the podcast. Yeah. To be on the 50th episode is like... I appreciate that. Thank you for keeping that little surprise. I actually, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, fuck it. Oh, my fucking hell. Yeah, so for all you know, we've been planning this out since episode one that would be like, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. Have, uh, have Timmy on the 50th. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sure. Uh, but before we get uh, into it and it being the, the podcast and why Timmy's joining here, joining us here today, uh, it's time to get a bit grounded um, by acknowledging the, the sacred ground that we're on. Uh, so I'd like to acknowledge the custodians, you know, the traditional custodians of this land that we're recording and producing the podcast on. So for us, it's a combination of the Boonwaring and the Wurundjeri people, the Kulin Nation. I'd like to, uh, you know, acknowledge leaders, past, present and emerging um, in the community. And also acknowledge that, you know, sovereignty was never ceded. History was deleted, and it's time to, I guess, try and bring back some of those stories or enable new stories that are worthy of of the land in our time. How do you feel about that, Sumi? Oh, when you said stories, I was hoping that you would tell a story. Mm, I did say stories that are worthy, and I feel like uh, my stories are... For another time, another definitely, platform. Definitely for another time in a different context. <laughs> different context. Really different. Save it for the OnlyFans. Hey, that's it, that's it. So it's cool to be here on this, um, God, it's a bit of a balmy uh, Monday morning. What You're wearing it? track pants, bro. Wearing track pants? <laughs> You're wearing skinny jeans, bro. So, well, I mean, they're not full. Yeah, they're, they're, skinny. they're pretty skinny. Can they're I tell skinny. you a secret? <laughs> as long as it's kind of PG, I guess. Oh, no, Why do we have to keep it PG? No, it doesn't have to be PG. We can go all the way. It's on Monday at... We can, we can go most of the way. Okay. These 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 pants are sized for a thirteen year old boy. Yeah, oh, that's really, what I'm looking at. That's my shit. I recently discovered that I'm uh, adequately sized to purchase children's clothing. Um, in some cases, especially if the children happen to be fucking extra large mutants, because then they're regular sized people, which I am a regular sized five foot five person. So you have to go to a shoe store and get measured and then kind of establish that you fall under the teen category? Nah, you no. go into an op shop, you're walking around, you don't find what you're looking for. You look over there, you go, what are those pants doing there? And why are they there? And why is everything else there tiny? And you walk over, you realize you're in the kids section. But for some reason, one or two things fit you. And I say one or two things so as not to be too generous about the truth. Uh, and then you try them on and you're like, these are fucking sick and they cost less than regular clothes. Uh, $1, baby. That is a uh, that is a secret. That is quite uh, that's something that you probably shouldn't be telling everyone because that's going to leave a gap in the market for you. True. Considering a lot of the people who would be watching this <laughs> are in the <laughs> local are area, my size, yeah. are like, oh, that's his secret. It's time now. 
gonna be walking into more op shops and going to the kids section to buy clothes and being like, oh fuck, there's nothing here. <laughs> who's who's been having these fucking kids? <laughs> Who has been having these fucking kids? Isn't that a question for our time? You know, who's been having these kids? Not me. Have you seen them all? Yeah, me neither. Not me. I can't claim the responsibility for the youth out there. Um, but I try to have some kind of sway with the music and stuff. Uh, do you find that you write or create music for a particular audience or do you kind of just uh, make music for yourself? Uh, you know what? I think I make music for myself primarily. I think it's good to be, I think it's good to think of yourself when you make what you make. Mm -hmm. First, first and foremost. Um, and then I try to deliver it for a specific vibe. I don't, audience wise, I don't think about the audience as much as I think about the vibe more these days. I'm like, mm. you know, like, uh, I'll give you a good example. I, uh, I, I performed at a, uh, it was a, 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 like a, it's called a sound exchange last week. I did like a 15 minute set. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's a sound exchange, which is basically two bands on stage and they go one for one. So there's two bands. Um, one was Alaria, the other one was, I can't remember. I can't remember the names of the bands and I'm not going to butcher the names. But basically it's two bands. They play, one was like a salsa slash uh, cumbia, which is South American Colombian music. Um, and the other one was like a, an Afrobeat type band. Yeah. And everyone that was at the gig, this was a Brunswick Ballroom, was there for that. They weren't there for fucking rap. Mm. So, so when I, when I was asked to do a 15 minute set just to fill some time on a break, I was like, I, I can play all my regular stuff, but I've really got to think about the vibe and I had to swap some stuff around. And that was a good experience because the crowd was entirely different. Um, and they loved it. They enjoyed it because, you know, they were in the moment. But I guess also because I brought it to them by going, this is the vibe. I'm not going to do like three trap bangers. Like, you know, I'm going to do some stuff that's more down tempo. I'm going to sing a little bit mm. um, just so that they can connect. Yeah. So even though those trap bangers may have been like your vibe and maybe what you wanted to have done normally, reading the crowd and and you know rearranging your stuff for the crowd is a practice yeah that you do trying to trying to check the vibe you know two nights before being like what's the vibe going to be in that setting and having no idea what it might be but listening to the band and going okay cool there's no fucking way i'm going to learn spanish mm. there's no way i'm going to try to rap on a salsa beat but i reckon if i mellow it out a little bit to give them something a little bit you know more mellow instead of and also giving them i did like a, a slight wu-tang cover like i dropped a wu-tang hook in there because i was like there's gonna be a hip-hop head in there that's uh it's quite smart to i mean that's one of the big ideas behind you know hip-hop and rap in the first place is kind of you know remixing what is back into something that's new and um i think if you're not playing to a hip-hop crowd being able to bring like a potentially well-known from something, you know, back in the day is going to be a, a great way to try and win people over. Okay. What are some other things that you do to try and win the favor of the crowd, uh, with the context being the crowd didn't come there to see you? Um, and also just go right to the tip of the mic. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you mean? Like, what, what else do I do? You mean like... Uh, yeah, well, okay, so when it comes... So, when you, you know, you booked for a gig or you're performing, 
one of the things you're trying to do, I guess, I'm assuming, maybe it's maybe it's just me, but you're trying to win the favor of the crowd, like you're trying to win them over, and maybe you're not just doing that by performing your tracks well. You know, maybe there's other things that can be done. Are there any of these things that you would uh, care to share? Uh, not being too awkward is one. Uh, okay, what do you what do you mean by that? Like, not stumbling on words, uh, having swagger. Like, what? what how, how would you combat awkwardness? Playing at a, I guess, just you know what, being there. Like, this sounds so fucking lanky in twenty twenty two, but I think the thing that's allowing me to enjoy performing and also connect with people more is actually just reminding myself to just be there. Firstly, that's that's firstly just. I don't know if you if you have that as well because yeah, you're, you're a prolific. I consider you to be like a prolific connector because you can you got banter like boom you know right yeah a prolific connector and one of the things uh, that equates to somebody being a connector is being there in the first place it's being there in the first actually place. going to see people live but then in that you know you stand there right front and center fucking you know. Nod your head. Nod my head. You're, you're, you're paying your respects by like giving the the night your attention, right? Instead the of night, giving yourself the attention. Not in my head about stuff, mm. not thinking about my phone bill, not thinking about right. like just actually getting there. And I do this weird thing um, sometimes when I play with a band. My homie Bizzo hates me for it. Probably 10 minutes before the set, I'm just going to disappear because I need five minutes to check in with myself and just like zoom in, mm -hmm. you know? like switch off life. So by the time the set is over, I'm like, okay, switch life back on. But it's like, I'm there now. I'm like, for that 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. So being there firstly. Uh, what's another thing? Some good banter. Um, uh, I try not to take myself too seriously these days unless I'm on some serious, serious shit. Right. Um, but maybe not being too self-deprecating, but having some kind of level of awareness of I'm not here to proclaim that I'm a god or anything. Yeah, I'm just as human too, as, not, as all y'all. I'm just too me. Yeah, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a rap god. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that guy. Uh, yeah. You know what? Someone I saw someone do. I used to think it's cheesy. People people talk about their songs as well. I think connecting with people. Someone doesn't know your song. That's cool. But I reckon tell people what the song's about instead of just going off into like three minutes of you spilling your feelings. Um, I like to connect with people by telling them the story behind. This is why I wrote this song, especially for stuff that means a lot to me. Mm. And I think also telling people that, hey, by the way, this one means a lot to me. I've seen someone that'll literally say, this song is my baby. This is my, this is my baby. And I'm like, every time I used, I used to say that and be like, what are you doing, bro? But now I'm like, no, you got to let people know that, hey, by the way, this means a lot to me. I'm like, you have to be honest about that on mm. some level. Like, I want to show you this, but also like this one in particular is, is my jam. You know? Do you think that gives people permission to kind of engage with it on a, on a higher level? Fuck yeah. yeah. It also gives people a moment to go, hang on, if I'm there, um, this is where I need to try to listen because this is where, if I'm interested in what this person has to say, someone's watching me and is interested in what I'm, I have to say or anyone that I'm performing with, they, they can now, from this one thing, be like, okay, this is what, this, whatever they're talking about, whatever I'm feeling there, this is what means a lot. Um, mm. and this is what's important to them. And sometimes that starts really good conversations. Like my favorite part of like any performance is probably the part afterwards where someone comes and says to you, you said this, 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 
I, I love it when I know that someone heard a lyric or two and wants to know what it means, you know, like, because I feel like when you perform for people, you're starting a conversation. Um, mm. I want to try to start a conversation. You know, like, I want to get my props and have someone give me my flowers and be like, that was dope. But I really want to, like, it's like, let's have a conversation. Because like. you're there to say a particular thing or series of things. Like, you're not there, like, your songs aren't just, you know, party anthems or whatever. Like, there's there's some serious undertones and real tones in there. Sneaky subliminal consciousness stuff that's, this is important or this is like, you know. Right, right. Um, how often do you get people coming up kind of probing you over every content. single time I play. every single time in yeah. one way or another um i played yesterday at um white hot for like 15 minutes and probably one of the best conversations i've had was this dude who's a drummer um and he came up to me afterwards he's like Yo, i'm a drummer and you were on beat every single second and i was like bro i'm glad you say that because mm. through the whole set for probably the first time in a long time i did not miss a fucking beat it was bah, 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 bah. and that's for me i'm like cool give myself a pat on the back so there's like this uh acknowledgement of technical skill yeah that's like yeah thank you for for letting me know for, for letting me know that i'm ju- i'm not just i'm not just it's me it's actually you can hear it and mm. he's a drummer mm. and that i respect that he's he's a rhythm guy hey. um and then the best part of the conversation he says to me you know what would be really sick as well is if you did what did he do he said um if you did it in I think four six timing if you could rap in four six timing because you can get that tight on one four and triplets he said oh no he said quintuplets because he heard me do a few triplets he was right. like, do some quintuplets i was like what the fuck and I, I pulled out my phone i was like record that for me and show me what that sounds like and he did it and it was a fun, it was a fun conversation because context for him he was like i don't listen to a lot of rap but i'm a, you know i could hear what you were doing rhythmically and i fucking dig it and i'm like this is sick like He's probably going to help me expand my fucking creative understanding. If I listen, if I take that seriously and listen to that recording, mm. I might just flip it a little bit on how I flow and have something fun to do for a day or two that's going to frustrate me, but it's also going to teach me a new way to... Yeah, because, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's showing something, showing you something that maybe you haven't seen or thought of. Fuck yeah. So completely confused me when he demonstrated as well. I was like, what the fuck? But I was like, I, I can figure this out. Probably. Yeah. And if you can see that as like a potential outcome or thing that could work with your music, then yeah, certainly worthwhile exploring. Fuck yeah. Or even just having fun. I love crying after failing to do something. It makes me feel like I'm still human. I'll be really shy. I will not be, I don't know, I guess it's kind of generalizing, but I think that a lot of people, including myself, shy away from the uh, from the chance of uh, making mistakes. <laughs> making mistakes. Nah, it's just I'm so guy. stupid, right? Like, you should probably go head first into all of those okay. um, moments where you could be proved wrong or otherwise. And it's not about being proved wrong or, you know, being seen as, um, you know, a fuck up or whatever. But yeah, you can't let fear rule those moments, right? Because that will really spill onto everything else in life. Spills everywhere. And then before you know it, you're trying to clean it up. And you're like, no, but I didn't. And it's like, fuck it. No, yeah. I did it. I did it. I fucked it up. Because but... it's never as bad as you think it is. No. Right. Except, except, for, except for first dates where you uh, say something really fucked up that offends someone. That's always as bad as you think it is or worse. The stakes are at a particular level uh, with the first date. That is true. It's funny because uh, the more you overthink that, the greater the chance of that happening, right? Fuck yeah. yeah, every time. Fuck yeah. 
Um, so one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why we would have you on the Vibe Union podcast um, is uh, you're sitting on a mountain of gold at the moment that's about to be you to me are the dragon that is finally going to release the treasures to the people. Jesus, I'm a dragon. I think so. Son I think you're dragon. a fire breather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So um, tell us a bit about uh, the album launch that's coming up. Um, who's on, what's happening, where, and uh, some of the preparations and stuff that you've, you've taken with this album and what's it involved. Sweet. Uh, I know there's a few questions there. The dragon, the dragon. Fuck <laughs> me. I hope people don't call me the dragon because that's fun. That's a lot to live up to. That's like the Bruce Lee, the dragon, the Bruce Lee of rap. Ho, ho. I, ho, ho. I, hope, they too, I hope they do call you the dragon. You put people this. in danger when you do shit like that. That's because true. then MC, MC, I want to be the dragon. Here's that. I said, no, I'm the dragon. Yeah. And, and you got to fucking fire, fire off. I got a DM the other day from someone saying to me, I heard you freestyle real good. I was like, no, bro, I'm all right. I'm all right. But I was like, I might just, I was like, I'm like, fuck. Was it like, hey, you freeze me? Like, they were like, When's to... the next time you're going to be out? I'm like, yeah, fuck, right. this is going to turn into a battle. <laughs> I'm not a battle MC. I got, I'm a sensitive guy. Oh. Um, I got the album launch on the first at Color Club. Got some hot fire, hot fire, hot fire talent playing. Um, Who's playing? We got the young and talented Yambra mm-hmm. playing. Yep. Got, um, who was on Mortal Cadence? Who was on Mortal Cadence? Yeah. Um, we got Wrath, the uh, the other the, the, a man I consider to be a fucking dragon himself. True. Uh, fucking producer, rapper. You go to his shows and you listen to him, and you're like, holy shit. As a lyricist, you can hear what he's saying. I'm like, holy shit. He's, yeah, he's he's a world builder, and uh, he's he's not. Uh, but also, he's a world builder who has come into this new uh, space of confidence and. Um, you know, and it's fucking with being a little bit braggadocious in it as I like well. It. I like it fun. a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot to see someone's evolution. I remember when I first met him and he was like, I rap a little bit. And I was like, word? Sweet. And mm. now he's just like, yeah, fucking, I rap. Like, that's his energy now. He's like, yeah, I mm. rap. And he raps now. He embraces it. And he's a, he's, he's a, he's a motherfucker with the, uh, with the drum kits, with the, um, with the production. Um, we also got Olivia. Ooh. Um, Olivia. So that's a band. They're a soul band. Um, the lead singer, Olive, and keyboardist. She plays keys. Um, the bassist, Sam, and uh, Joe uh, Oyasu. Oh, we used to call him Oyasu. Um, but Jesse, the drummer, um, mm-hmm. is also on that. Um, that's three piece. And then to top it all off, we got myself with uh, Anthony Murray on the drums. Huge. Nadav Raymond. Um, fucking... So you're bringing band, band vibes with your tracks? Yep, Matt, yep. Rob, Liam. So I'm bringing band vibes with my tracks as well. Um, the album is just so... My producer, Bizzo, is a band guy. And he's just... His, his, his production on that was... A, mm. But it's, it's such a band vibe. I was like, I can't do these as instrumentals. I really gotta... I've tried them as instrumentals, just backing tracks. Yeah. As a band, with a band, these guys are just beasts and the album just sounds amazing that way as well i've uh i've been lucky to be privy to um you know some of these album tracks yes i wake up in the middle of the night sweating like is he just gonna fucking share with everyone <laughs> every time i do that i'm like here listen to it and then i'm like oh fuck he's gonna he's gonna fucking share it you know but i'm not juice world so i don't need to worry about leaks it's like listen to it it's music 
Right. I mean, best case scenario, it gets leaked and it has a momentous, momentous amount of attention. Yeah. But chances are it gets leaked to three people and yeah, it's and they're like, the extent yeah, of it. It's good. Sweet. <laughs> when can I listen to it on <laughs> Spotify? When can I listen? Like, you've already got it. You've already... When is it out on Spotify? It's like, you've already fucking got it. Uh, all right, so how long has the, uh, the album been in kind of production and, and work for for you? Man, for ages. Um, some of the songs on the album are verses or feature verses that I've had for like four years. The album was actually meant to come out in 2020. Wow. Think about that. Okay, so was this just uh, just pretty much down to lock, uh, you know, COVID and lockdown getting yeah. in the way of everything? Yeah. Are you thankful for the extra time, or has that been a bit more of a stress for you, not being able to get it out when you initially wanted to? Um, that's a good question. I thought about this the other day, but now I have to think about it again. Looking back, releasing it two years ago would have been better for for the album itself as in to get something out. Um, but looking, looking at now and how I feel about it, I feel, I can't really go on. Fuck, that's, I can't go on how it would have been. Cause that's the only way to go. Would it have been better? I feel good about it now. Yeah. It coming out now. I feel good. Um, the only thing that sucks is I've done a few features and then started another two projects. <laughs> um, and, and after this one, I'm like, oh, I want to get those out. I don't want to wait another fucking two years. So COVID yeah. be damned. Um, I feel good about it. And I feel like the extra time is good because it's also given me time creatively to evolve. Cool. Um, so you've been working on it. You know, you were ready to release in 2020. Mm. Uh, how long were you working on it? And who has been involved in the project? We had Bizzo on production, who's yep. also an MC from Royalty Noise, yep. a band that I recently joined because I used to be I used to feature with them and I joined them. Uh, we got Bizzo on production. I produced one of the tracks. Hell yeah! Co-produced one of the tracks, motherfucker. Cool. Um, Jared Waters played bass on one of the tracks. Anthony Murray, who's actually in the band, drummed on it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We got we had sax on it, so we had um, it's not Lucky Thompson. It's Lucky. Uh, saxophonist Lockie was on it. Gin, um, so many people when I think about it. Rage R45 did one of the hooks. Uh, my good mate Drifter did a feature. There's not a lot of features mm -hmm. that are like features, but there's a lot of people who've like sprinkled some goodness on it. Yeah. So it's yeah. like there's just so many here and there. Wallace C produced one of the tracks. Um, I would say if I were the dragon, then the mage that summoned me is probably Bizzo. If I were to say, if you were to say... Bizzo's Merlin of sorts. Bizzo's, like, producer guy. He was the guy that was in the studio with me. He was engineer, producer, pusher man. Mix it this way, master it this way. Um, let's promote it like this. Mm. Um, was he very much there with... Um, I guess like with the album, is there a big vision behind it or is a lot of collect, you know, smaller pieces that are kind of gelled together? And, uh, and I guess like as a follow up question, was Bizzo part of like, you know, creating a, like a, a vision or making, you know, maybe taking it to the next level from the initial pieces it was or? 
I think so. Yeah. Sonically, he definitely helped stitch a lot of stuff together. Mm-hmm. Uh, sonically, he he definitely helped me bridge the gaps. Because like a madman, I'll just sit down and write verses on verses. But to stitch them together, I've had to learn how to make it all coherent. It's not really a concept album. Yeah. So it's not like it tells a story. Yeah. Um, when I th- when I was trying to think of a title, I actually thought it's like it's pieces of a man because it's really pieces of stuff that I've put together and just like um, stitched it together really nicely. Um, it's like a fucking sonic quilt of emotion and lyricism. I like um, that. So instead of uh, Jacob and his Technicolor coat, you've got a sonically woven quilt. quilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you can wear for just how many, I don't know. I don't know how much it's gonna be like on. Whatever, but it's not the price of a regular quilt. Yeah. It's um, uh, tenfold more. Tenfold. It's far more valuable. It's priceless. Yeah, I mean, you know, to uh, engineer and weave sonics into the fabric of reality is quite the task. Fuck quite, yeah. Quite the product. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> that stitching. Um, yeah, so it's just a, it's a collection of... I, I felt like it was an EP. When I finished it, I was like, this is an EP, this isn't really an album, because conceptually it's not... I always have a feeling about albums. I rated on stuff like uh, Kendrick Lamar's albums, um, Common's albums, um, Kanye's albums, Strong Themes, a lot of running themes, whereas this one has lots of themes in it. Mm. But at the end of the day, I think that the standard that it was pushed to by the homie Bizzo really does make it an album. Sonically. Huge, yeah. huge. Um, why did you pick a color club for the um, as a venue for the album launch? Had you performed that before? I um, I've never been there before. I saw some pictures of it, and it's massive. The upstairs room is actually not massive. Oh, okay. Yeah. So downs downstairs is downstairs is the massive one. Upstairs right. is like. It's like a decent size, but downstairs, God, if I could, if I could have gotten downstairs. Right, okay, okay. Cause <laughs> but the band room is upstairs. I'm stoked. It's, yeah. it's, it's all orange interior. It's like wild. Why did I pick it? Yeah. I had a big wheel on the wall. Oh, and truly. It was venue, 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 and I just went. Wheel of venues. And spun it, and whatever fucking came out was it, and color was the one. I had never played there either. Right. I only uh, played there recently, actually. What's, uh, in terms of size, what is it similar to? Um, size, what's it similar to? It's like, let me think about this. Is it bigger than Workers Club? It's, it's slightly, it's like, it's got two rooms that are split. Yeah. There's one room that's, it's like an L shape. Okay. So near where the stage, so where the band room is with the stage is like, I'd say a third the size of the room at Colors, um, Workers Club, and then on the other side there's probably a room that's about four fifths. Since we're going in ratios, four fifths the size of like Workers Club. So it's about it's about the size of Workers Club, I'd say. Cool, cool. Um, when was the last time you had uh, put a gig on for your own releases? Mm. Never. Yeah, so this is the first time first primo. that you've Premier. had events all around you and your stuff. Mm-hmm. Why did it take so long? I mean, you've been you've been kind of plugging away at this for what seven to ten years. Ages. 
um, yeah, what, what took so long for you to kind of like be like, this is my big release, let's, you know, summon the army and, and make it happen? Uh, I think it's scary as fuck. Yeah. Like, putting it all on yourself is scary as fuck. Because mm -hmm. going to a show and playing for 30 minutes where someone else has sorted out all the logistics, um, sorted out all the performances. Mm -hmm. I've put on shows before. Mm -hmm. I've done lineups before for shows. I've played on shows where I've done the whole lineup. I've contacted people. I've done that before. But where yeah. it's like, it's around it's, you. It's around me. That's scary, bro. Like, real talk, that's fucking scary. Because yeah. when you get there and you're playing, you know that whoever's there is there to see you and the people who you're playing with and sharing the stage with. Um, but you know that it's probably primarily going to be about you. And mm -hmm. also people are going to be anticipating. So the pressure is mm -hmm. real. Like, how well are you going to perform? Are you going to bring it? Are you going to bring it? Yeah. Um, but the fear is not real because it's, it's another day in the office. You know what I mean? I always say that. It's just another day in the office. Go out, give it 2,000, enjoy, be there, boom, clock out, next one. Cool. I like that. What, uh, what, what, what tracks do you have um, live at the moment accessible for the wider general public? What, what, are, what have been some of your most recent releases and what do you have out there for people to listen to? Um, it's a few. We got a little, uh, we got a, a sultry little thing um, called BW, BWM, which stands for Be With Me with Honey Blue. That was our 28th of Feb. Yep. Um, Stress Less. Yes. Which was out like last year. With the music video attached. With the music video attached. That's a good indication of when the album was supposed to come out because that was actually supposed to be first single. Then there was going to be another single, which actually we just filmed for, which is the 3056. Yep, yep. Which isn't out yet. Yep. Um, but there's those two. Then there's stuff I've featured on. There's Holler by Royalty Noise. Yes. Featuring yep. moi. Um, there's... For the Love, again, featuring moi. I have a mixtape up on SoundCloud. Um, Album-wise, the only single is Stressless. The next single comes out on the 28th of this month, which is... Kill Them All. Now. Kill Them All. Cool. So exciting. Which is not a Metallica cover. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, I hope, I don't, I hope I don't, I don't know anyone who's like a Metallica fan. It's like, yeah, fucking right. But, um, I think a Metallica fan would be lucky to stumble upon yours. I think so too. They probably like, appreciate they might even change lanes after they might hearing change it. lanes after they hear me rap. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so after this album launch and stuff, what, uh, what are you going to be working towards? What's next on the, uh, on the horizon for you? I got a little tapey tape, a little EP thing that I'm working on with the homie Bryzone. Okay. Yeah. That is, that is more conceptual. Um, with three tracks deep, baby. Ooh. And that's way more conceptual. So I've actually done a track on uh, a tape that he, a project that he's dropping and that's how we started collabing. That's been in the works for a while, but I want to wrap that up real, real soon. Mm -hmm. um, finishing a nice little EP with the John Quill Quartet. Huge. Um, what else? Good and then, mood. Good mood, yeah, good mood Melbourne. That's the man, you got two of those fucking marks. I don't, I, know, I, I don't know where the other one is. Okay. You also don't know where your hoodie is. It's a real problem. I really hoped that I had somehow accidentally stolen your hoodie. I actually got excited the other day. That was I my hope too. I saw... Yeah, well, <laughs> I can tell you. 
uh, I saw, I actually saw a, a hoodie peeking out, like a because I don't have any black hoodies. Right. I was like, oh fuck. Um, yeah, the good mood. Um, who else have we got? Um, and then I got like a feature there too. Um, just did a track with a homie Seven Oak, um, who's prolific producer. Uh, he makes pop type stuff, but it's it's mashup type. It's pop slash indie. And then I've dropped a verse on one of his joints. Mm. Uh, Felix Culpa, I'm trying to write with him right now. That should be fire. Um, fuck a few. Th we've got a joint. We've got best MCs. Mm -hmm. Need to finish that. Yeah, actually, when uh, Rye comes over, um, we should prompt the session, book in that final session to get down. Yeah. Get down just your verse, I think. And just then, my verse, and then, and then do you're that coming in on choruses and stuff. Yeah. On the hook, yeah. Yeah. Do that. Um, there's a few. There's actually a few. Uh, sixpence. I got a joint with sixpence that I've been sitting on for like six months. Yeah, right, right. Six right. months of sixpence. I should finish that. So he's giving you all his all his stuff and uh, one joint. One joint. I haven't I haven't been given the keys to the kingdom with uh, Mr. Pence as yet. I meant um, he's giving you. So you working on one track and he's giving you verse for it. He's giving me a verse for yeah, it. Cool. He's turnover is real quick. Yeah. When you like when it comes to um. He's got the project and he goes to do it. I've, uh, um, what's a good, uh, what's a good example on my first EP? The fourth track is Decadence. And, um, I, uh, I hit him up, you know, in the morning, being like, you know, this is the track, this is the idea and the direction. Here's like kind of what I've done so far. And, um, by that evening, he had full stems and everything. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. It was like a, it was, yeah, under 12 hour turnaround. Jesus. That makes, that's, that's <laughs> triggering to think that six months of this, he's just been, he's been sweating like, he's probably given up. To be honest. Like, fuck this guy. He's not even going to do it. I'm like, just wait. Just yeah. wait. Oh, I should actually mention also D-Rad MC got a little sexy little feature on one of his joints, Evil. Yes, Evil, yeah. Jumping on a little hook. Yep. Um, and nice then, little music video out for that too. Yeah, there's a video out for that. And then another one of his joints, Role Model, got a sexy yes. little feature on that. Probably, again, one of my favorite rappers in Melbourne for how lyrical he is. For how passionate and lyrical he is as well. He lives by the word. He lives, he actually lives by the sword. Like yeah. most of us do it and we're like, yeah, but he's, he's the fucking rap Spartan. He's the rap Spartan. He's more authentic than, more authentic than pretty much anyone that I know. He's got, he's got, he's got, he's got more I don't give a fuck than anyone. I, I've heard people yeah. say, I don't give a fuck. I've heard myself say, I don't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. He does it. Like if he's there, he's there. Yeah. He's all in. Real. He's all, all eggs in the rap basket. He's not just hanging around for Easter. He's 365 till Three, he dies. 365. That was a shout out to Trix Williams. <laughs> 365 till I die. Um, oh yeah, also with him. Yeah. Uh, off his uh, album from like three years ago. Um, did a little joint with him as well, actually. Yeah. Trix Williams. Um, when it comes to... Because, you know, you're sitting on a lot of stuff, and I think I alluded to this before, like, you know, it took a while for the, um, for maybe you to get behind uh, a launch or, or an event kind of based around you. Mm. Um, what is your relationship with tracks and, like, releasing them, and, 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 and how does that go for you? Because I imagine you're, as I said, you're sitting on all this gold, but it seems like 
you have some resistance to like getting it out at the right time or all that kind of stuff. I guess in that sense, in that sense, I am a dragon in the sense that I'll sit on it and yeah. listen to it over and over in my room, like, yeah, yeah. Vibe yeah. Oh. yeah, this is great. Yeah. And then someone will go like, you should release this. I'm like, fuck, well, this is, this is my, mine. My, that's right. my relationship. So there's a little bit of a hoarding mentality in a sense. I like it. Yeah. I don't want to hear the fucking critique. I had to do song submissions to playlists last week. And man, I think I did, uh, out of, let's just say that 50% of submissions came back as a yes. Mm. 50%, to be honest about it, 50% came back as a no, plus feedback, because I asked for feedback. And it's like, it's like, I don't, it's like, I love this shit. Why are you telling me that? But also, thank you for telling me that, you know? That's, that's my main resistance is, I really, I'm emotionally attached to a lot of stuff that I write. Um, mm. so hearing the feedback or hearing, so I don't even want to hear someone say it's dope and that sounds messed up to say, but I guess what, what I mean is just enjoy it really. If, um, if you like it, I just like to be there with it. Mm. Um, it's interesting you say that because, uh, you know, at the start we're talking about, um, how you find it very enjoyable for people to come up at the end of, you know, performance at a, at a show mm. and like reflect on stuff that's happening in the track. The actual technical stuff that's happening on the track. Okay. But not actual, but not what, what, yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting how, uh, you're open to that experience, like after performance, but when it comes to releasing tracks and publishing them, you almost don't want to hear it. It's like, it's different. Yeah. Like, your favorite song isn't your favorite song because it's a good song. This is this is my theory. Um, your favorite song is your favorite song because you you had it and you experienced it in a moment. Do you know what I mean? Like the songs that we get nostalgic about, like that I get nostalgic about. I'm actually probably nostalgic about because we played it for the first time. Me and my mates, we sat down and we just geeked out over the lyricism, geeked out over the flow. Um, I have songs that are some of my favorite songs because it was a Friday night. We were about to go out and we were like, oh shit, the new Lil Wayne video just came out and someone mm. put it on and we were all getting dressed or getting ready to go out, pre-gaming and someone's put it up on the TV and that excitement has built it up, hearing that song. And then we've gone to the club or gone wherever and that song has dropped again. Right. That energy that, I feel like when you make a song or write a song, it's, it's not, you're kind of putting something out there and it facilitates people's vibe. Right, so it's more about, how and when the song aligns with the moment and the memories yeah. as opposed to this song stand alone yeah. stands for or means all of this. Yeah. yeah. Whereas when you're performing, you're there with the person. So right. then it's gratifying and it's dope because you're like, I was here. I know I fucking curated the vibe mm. and I want to hear you say I curated the vibe. Mm. But it's like someone could hear your song. Um, I've heard songs when I've been First time I heard this Kendrick Lamar album I heard, Untitled Unmastered, I literally heard that album for the first time while having an argument in the car with my fucking girlfriend, my ex now. Yeah. Um, which is now why she's my ex because we argued over Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> but we were arguing over, I think it was Directions. Okay. In the car. And I remember the album ending and me going, that's a shit album. Because that was what my energy was at the time. By association. You know what I mean? By association. And then listening to it, few months later at a, at a mate's place because I just shelved it mm. being like this is fucking sick and being like I heard this months back and I wasn't connecting with it mm. and that's not up to that's not up to Captain Kendrick at the time yeah that's up to me yeah to engage yeah. so really my experience of saying it's shit isn't anything to do with 
what he's done. Um, unless he's such a fucking wizard, he can pull me out of whatever moment I'm in. But that's... Who, who's that good? Michael Jackson? Prince? Yeah, there's, there's only so many who can, like, rip you from any moment and have you just feel essence of that track like what is that what is that playing right now yeah, that's yeah. a different like when you make that kind of music you're a different being yeah you're a different you've, you're a demigod you you're a, you've sacrificed to the gods you've given away totally you've given away time uh other relationships love. relationships love yeah. you've like you've gone deep on the music you're yeah. almost insane by that point i reckon yeah, or, yeah. Or, or insanely lucky swimming in some crazy waters for sure oh, fuck yeah yeah cool i appreciate that reflection i think that's worthwhile people considering that um that's just my opinion on one that. one that like artists uh it's maybe a bit artists may be a little bit neurotic about how they receive feedback and also it is a big deal sharing that stuff in the first place um and yeah it is different like publishing or releasing releasing tracks and then you know, hearing or being privy to people's experience with that mm. as compared to being on a stage, as you said, curating the experience there. Yeah. Therefore, it is real, lived. We experienced it. We can yeah. share and talk about it. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. That's cool. It's cool perspective. Shredding perspective. Uh, well, this has been another wonderful episode of the Vibe Union podcast. Um... Toomey, please tell us when this uh, launches, when the album launches. 1st April. 1st April, is that a Friday? That is a Friday. Yeah. Doors at 8. Yeah. Goes on till late. How about that? Don't be late. <laughs> um, the album itself is out early April. I'm probably going to drop it 6th April. I feel 6th? Like it's going to be 6th April. I say that as if I haven't already uploaded and put down the release date. <laughs> I'm probably, I'll see, but it's like fucking, it's 6th April. Cool, cool. Great. Um, and people can find you on the socials at Toomey the B. Toomey underscore the underscore B. And that's B E, not B double E. That's not Which I have made that mistake. Yeah. Kind of, I guess, really stupidly previously. Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense. What does to me the B even mean? But like, I'm like, I know he's buzzing or whatever. It's not like, <laughs> like it's, it's what my uncle used to call me. Oh, really? My uncle used to call me to me the B, but he used to call me to me the B because he meant literally a B, a busy B. But I don't I fucking hate bees. So I, 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 as an homage to him, right? that's my rap name, but I'm like, fuck the other E. And yeah. it has a different meaning that yeah, I can't. It becomes up Shakespearean then. Yeah. Well, something, yeah. I, I plagiarize? Yeah, fucking hell. Uh, and on that, <laughs> on that, on that note, <laughs> no, thanks for um, joining us today. Uh, thank you everyone for, um, you know, tuning in to the 50th episode of the Vibe Union podcast. Uh, it's worthwhile checking out our website for all the events that are upcoming. Um, this Saturday, oh, this isn't going to come out by then. That's fine. Just jump on the website to look at events and everything. There's also a tip jar there if you're feeling generous and want to support, um, cooler setups and production of, of the podcast. You're more than welcome to uh, flick, a flick a coin. Uh, my name is Dilly Dave, and yeah, cheers for tuning in. Thank you for having me also. Thank you for coming on board. Peace.